Hey everyone, welcome back to SEL Convergence. Our guests today are here to talk about analog intentionality and some other stuff. Now, I know that's not much of a hint, but fortunately, Tom's about to introduce our guests. Tom, who's with us on the show today? Hi, everybody. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Jesse McFarlane and Brian McFarlane, two of the most lovely human beings I've ever met in my life. I am thrilled, thrilled to have these two beautiful people with us tonight. Brian, Jesse, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. It's an honor to be on. Oh, thanks so much, guys. So I am thrilled and used a three by five life. Our dear friend, Brian Aikens, is immersed in the three by five life. And I think our buddy, Mike Mandel, uses the three by five life. I got a thumbs up on that. So tell all of our listeners who are predominantly educators, tell all of our listeners, what is the three by five life? Take it away, Jack. Take it away. All right. So three by five life was um, an idea, I guess, that kind of popped up for us over COVID. Um, You know, Brian and I both have some strengths and some backgrounds that are very, very different, but we've always been able to like come together and riff and, you know, throw some ideas out. And he's an entrepreneur by nature. And I have, you know, Tom, I have 3000 ideas per minute. (laughs) So he's really good at executing them. And what we did was we created a system, we call it purpose-driven productivity. Um, So it ties in Brian's superpower, which is um, goal setting and habit tracking. And, you know, he's very disciplined with when he sets a goal, he achieves it. Um, My background is more in the health, wellness, well-being space. Um, You know, I have a mindfulness certification and a yoga certification and a holistic nutrition cert. And I use all those in in my daily practice. And we felt that during COVID when so many people who we loved and we know um, were struggling with some mental health things and just feeling off kilter because their schedules just got blown up and, you know, nothing was the way it was before. And we felt like it was really important for us to come back to those fundamentals, those things that we knew we needed to have in place when things go crazy that we can control so that we felt, you know, a little bit more, um, in alignment. So what we created was this analog system. We wanted to make sure that it wasn't, um, on our phones, like an app or something that would keep us accountable because that's a distraction for both of us. And for many, many people, like you pick up your phone to look at your to-do list and then you end up in six different websites. Right. So, um, we created a card that can live on your nightstand and it has four main components to it. So the front of the card, um, has your AM gratitude, which is that idea of waking up first thing in the morning and starting your day with, you know, something positive. Um, I've actually flipped the script on this. I talk about this a lot where a lot of people with gratitude, like we know it's really good for us, but we get in that rut where we have the same three things every morning. It's like my friends, my family, my job. Right. So I challenge people to be really specific about things that don't seem, you know, that great. But when you think of them and like the minute, like the fact that the sun is shining, like, I don't know about you, but when the sun shines on my face, it's a big deal. Or, changing the terminology to like, I get to, and you can talk about like, what do you get to do today? That, you know, might be something you get to do every day. But if you flip the script of like, I get to work with students who, you know, I love and bring me happiness and joy. Like you're, that's the first thought in your, in your brain. And when we wake up in the morning, you know, our stress cortisol, our hormone for stress is at its absolute highest first thing in the morning. And so if you can do something to tap into positivity, 
um, right away, it's, it's so beneficial to your health, your overall health and well-being. Now, now Jesse and Brian, you mentioned purpose-driven. Talk to us about why purpose is so important. Jesse's heard me talk about mm-hmm. it in different school programming, but I'd love to hear your sense of a purpose-driven life. Well, I mean, we all want to be productive. You know, we all want to have productive days and we all want to achieve as much as we can, especially in America here. It's kind of, you know, we're all on, you know, drinking too much caffeine and just in full charge trying to make our day as full as we can. And, you know, what the, the card really allows you to do with the gratitude in the morning that then kind of listing out your wins at night is it kind of guides you of making sure you are on purpose. Like, yeah, I got all these things done today, but, or, or I'm so in it right now at work. And then you might glance to see what you wrote in the morning about your gratitude. So that it's just like, what is this all for? It brings you back to that inquisitive side of your brain of why am I here? What am I doing? Um, what, why am I trying to be productive? Uh, is it to, to make a better life for my family or for me as a person or whatnot? So it's more than just trying to be productive, but trying to be purposeful with your productivity. You talked about that. Why, Brian? Mm. And Simon Sinek, who I, I imagine we all really appreciate, he, he really clues us in how, how critical that is. And, and I find more and more folks uh, in our world are really asking the why. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think now more than ever. Uh, I think if you look at the, not to go down this rabbit hole, but if you look at the, the millennial generation, they're not just chasing the dollar, the rising up the corporate ladder. They need some type of purpose at work. They need to have a bigger driver than just a paycheck mm-hmm. compared to previous generations. Mm. Go ahead, Jesse. No, I was just going to talk about that. If you look at cultures around the world, I mean, that idea of having something that you wake up for in the morning, like, um, you know, in Japan, it's the ikigai is, is what they call it. And it's, it lives on their nightstand. Actually, a lot of people put that purpose, that drive, like right there next to them. So that, that alignment first thing in the morning is so, so important. Yeah. And that, that like, yeah, that greater why. So I was just going to add that this isn't like a new concept, but when you can have something that you're doing the routine part of it, the habit part of it is so, and the consistency, because that consistency is the point of the card to like bring you back to it every single day, right? So it's, it's, so it doesn't get forgotten and lost in the shuffle. So let's talk about routine a little bit, because actually Mike and I were just talking about our mutual friend, Brian Akins and what a beautiful routine he is in right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, if Brian were here right now, as, as he was with me, I think last Thursday, He's transformed him. His, he's transformed his body. Uh, he, he is lean, lean, lean. He's all muscle, and he's always meditated. But now, I think Jesse, because of your influence, he's made some significant food changes, mm-hmm. some dietary changes. But now he is this. He's this celebratory uh, exclamation point for the you know the three by five life, the purpose driven life. Oh, he's our biggest fan. He's by <laughs> far my biggest fan. I, I talk to him all the time. I'm so proud of his journey and I'm, I love supporting him and, you know, being there for him. He's, he's been there for me and mine as well, but yes, you, you nailed it. So Brian, and I both speak to morning routine. You, Tom, you've heard me talk about our AM and PM bookends and how important it is to mm. take those bookends. And really that's the only part of our day that we have control over when you wake up in the morning and what you do, you get to design that chunk of your time. And at night, 
you know, after the kids go down and you have maybe like an hour or two of like, whatever, that's your PM bookend. So the rest of the day is a disaster, right? Like you can never, ever know as a teacher, what's going to arise for you. It's kind of like, you know, it's like flying by the seat of your pants half the time, but that morning routine, how you set your day up, um, that's the, the start of this. And the beautiful part about the cards is it allows you, there's a schedule function to it. So when I talk about schedule, I don't want people just to schedule the productivity that they have at work. Like I talk in my grad classes, you need to schedule me time. Like you need to say between this time period, I'm going to, you know, take 10 breaths or I'm going to sit and meditate for a moment. Um, or I'm going to drink a glass of water, right. And just in quiet or silence or as silly as it sounds, you know, how busy we are, if we don't schedule it, like write it down, it's not going to happen. We prioritize everybody else or everything else before we prioritize ourselves. So that morning routine and starting your day, I think is, is the foundation of the rest of your day. So what it come to the bookends and, and the challenges that Mike and, and, and both of you have as, as young parents and, and I, I, my heart is, um, my heart is moved every day now in every interaction I have with educators. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was t- t- sharing with Mike before we got on, I am now almost 50 years into this profession that we call education. And I have never seen the challenges as great as they are now. Uh, we have, and I, please, as, as I share, I want you to think about the three by five life and how we can help our fellow educators. Then Brian, let's slide over a little bit after that and talk about our, our business friends, our, our industry friends. So we, we, we are still living uh, now fully into year two of the pandemic. We have many of our colleagues, many people that we absolutely love are struggling with social injustice. Uh, I believe and the research would fairly bear this out that every one of us are ha- experiencing some level of trauma and, and mental health challenge. So, so I believe the three by five life and your discipline and your cards can help all of our friends. Can you pull those together for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I can do the educator side. I actually just finished a stress management class um, on Monday and I had, I sent all of my the people who are in my class, a pack of the three by five cards and they utilize them, um, throughout because one of the things I asked them to do is to think about their morning routine. And for the whole eight weeks, they have to put in place, whatever it is. Some of it, it's easy as like drinking a big glass of water when you first wake up, because you wake up and you're already dehydrated when you're dehydrated, you don't have energy or focus, right? So it can be something as simple as that, or putting in some breath work or whatever it is. Um, and so, that part of using your card as accountability to schedule, you know, what you're doing for yourself. And then they would share their PM wins. So what did they do um, from that self-care lens? And I know we use the word self-care. It's like, like we're always like self-care, 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 but it's really, really difficult, right. To, To create a habit around doing something for yourself. So I think I was lucky in that I could assign it and they used it as but the feedback was really, really great that um, this the time management piece was huge, the scheduling piece. Mm-hmm. The wins was so great because they could do it with um, within their groups, like they had a mm-hmm. support group. But Brian and I talk about how awesome it is to do it with like your partner. Like at the end of the day, you know, we're flying in different directions. And when we come back at night, like just to be like, hey, what was your highlight? Like, what was your greatest thing? Right. And like he can share something that happened to me. And I can and it's just a really great way to celebrate it. And 
that would be amazing for a team of teachers. I, you know, I taught in middle school and I had a team, right? Mm -hmm. So team meeting every single day, someone share their win, right? What was a win for us? Because the start of a meeting, you're already in that positive tone. You get rid of that, like cyclic, like negativity that happens sometimes when you get like going and you flip the script on how we're going to show up as a team. Um, so, I mean, the feedback was great from it, but the tool is, to have something tangible in your hands that mm-hmm. reminds you of your gratitude, helps you celebrate, you know, this, and then your task list is intentionally small. So with my mm-hmm. teachers, I said, I don't want you to write, like I have to call Comcast and negotiate my contract because that's not going to happen today. Right? right. Like right. I want you to write what's going to be achievable today so that you feel a sense of success. This mm. isn't like a 70, like to-do list, right? It's right. 10 things at most, but really you should probably only have like four or five on there. Beautiful. And Brian, are, are, first of all, are you seeing the same challenges that Jesse and I see in education? And, and if so, how are you experiencing the three by five life to help your colleagues in business and industry? I don't think as much, Tom, uh, because so many so much corporate is working from home now. So okay. there it's not, it's a whole different type of stress. Uh, I think there, a lot of them are falling out of routine. Uh, I talked a lot with people just, uh, I'm really bullish right now on your sleep care. You know, mm-hmm. the, the biggest bridge between, you know, despair and hope is a good night's sleep. And, and really <laughs> if the first thing, when people say they're struggling, I'm like, when are you going to bed, you know, when are you waking up? And, and where's your sleep health? Are you just watching Netflix till 11 o'clock because that's how you unwind. And then you're just waking up to kids screaming and you're stressed out and you just keep rinsing and repeating and you're medicating with caffeine. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that has nothing to do with three by five life, but that's usually my first question when, uh, if we ever go down that path with someone in the corporate world. Uh, but when it comes to the card and how I think people are best utilizing it in, in the corporate space or what I kind of try to push is really setting up like a, an amazing morning starts the night before and using the card to outline your next day. So sitting there and, okay, transferring tasks from today's card that weren't complete to tomorrow's card, and then putting in your big rocks for the day of what I want to like your schedule. So then it almost does this visualization of, you know, Tom, if you're like, Hey, I'm going to Avangrove school from eight to 11, you're thinking about the night before as you're writing on your card, then I'm at, you know, Westchester East from one to two, how do I want to show up in those meetings? Mm. And, and you're really visualizing it the next day, you're just putting your big rocks, um, mm. in your schedule, that's already on your outlook. It doesn't matter. The practice is putting it in there, writing it down to just almost visualize you actually there the next day. Um, and then tr- the, the, the transferring of tasks that didn't get complete today to tomorrow's card is just setting up tomorrow. So it brain dumps. And I think there's something therapeutic with that in combination with writing your wins and celebrations uh, at night that just kind of gets you going and prime for the next day. And allows you to let go of your task list so you can actually sleep. So you're not doing that. Like, what do I have to do tomorrow? What's my mental to-do list? Like it like allows that, that peace I find. So as you finish the day with the card, what are my wins for the day? What I hear, what I take in is 
it begins the day with gratitude, it ends the day with gratitude. So it's a full circle of gratitude in a disciplined way. And we know from uh, Martin Seligman's work, the University of Pennsylvania, that transforms us physiologically as well as psychologically. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tom, I actually just did, um, we had a, a large corporate client that we've been working with and I did two I mean, I'm calling them professional developments that we call them master classes with their staff. And I based the entire, it was an hour session. I based the entire session on PERMA, which you just brought up. So positive emotions you've experienced when I've done those prompts with them before, and then taking them through the power of positive thinking and with a corporate setting or a team, it was a specific, I was working with teams you know, that idea of how do we lean into strengths? Like what is our engagement? What are we, what are our strengths, right? And Mm -hmm. how can we use that to support our team? And then the idea of looking at what's going well instead of what's not going well, because as the negativity bias, you know, we immediately go to the negative. It's so much easier to focus on that. And it takes training and time and intention to flip your script and to let go of the negativity and flip it to positivity. But the product, the productivity of a team when they can function in that positive realm of like culture and climate is so much more meaningful and powerful than anything that they would accomplish otherwise. It's just easy you brought that up, Jess. So our, 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 our prehistoric, our reptilian brains are hardwired for negativity mm-hmm. because yeah. it's that negativity that kept us alive then. Mm-hmm. So yes. now we need to discipline ourselves with the three by five life, with the PERMA, so that we can, we can move beyond that into our neocortex development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. So I want to take you back to something you mentioned early on. You clearly made a choice to make this analog. And, and when I hear analog in my brain, that says you just went old school. <laughs> yes. As Nash says, Nash calls us in the old days. He goes, is that what it was like in the old days? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Give those two kids a hug for me, please. <laughs> so so you, you are both technologically savvy. Mm-hmm. Uh, why did you make that choice? Yeah, I mean, there's there's something with putting pen to paper that's almost writing a contract with your soul. And, Ooh, and beautiful. you know, that's how I operate. And I think when you just kind of put it in an app, if you there's all these Trellios and things like we, Mike and I have talked about in the past that live inside your phone, uh, that it just kind of gets lost in there. If you go to your to-do list in an app, then all of a sudden you're looking at Instagram and Facebook and you're all over the place. So, you know, we have this phone sleeve where the card lives in the back of your phone. So it does two, it does two things, Mm -hmm. you know, it's actual physical product that keeps you away from your phone uh, because we know how much of a distraction and a phone's help is supposed to make you feel productive or be productive, but it actually has the opposite effect most of the time. So, I mean, but the whole contract, you know, when you say, when you write with ink on a piece of paper that you say you're going to do something, it just holds more validity. Mm -hmm. I think something important to mention too is, well, but he, you mentioned the phone sleep, but we also scored the card. So they fold in half, but Mike, I think you and I have talked about this before too, but Brian was like a journal planner junkie, like to the point where once a week we were getting something at our delivered and I'm like another journal, like, like he was trying so hard to find his system, like bullet journals. I mean, every journal. 
And this isn't to take the place because people love, like people are like, but I love my journal. And I'm like, yes, yeah, but it is a yeah. bulky thing that you're not going to take with you to the store when you need yeah. like a to-do list of what your groceries are. So the idea of this was to make it bite-sized, chunk it down so that it was something that was able to be accomplished in a day, in one day, right? So folding it up, putting it in the phone sleeves, it lives in there. And then we've kind of created a system. Brian has an amazing system where he literally files his cards um, mm. in like a box. We have like a, a, we actually are creating a system and this is coming out very soon where we're selling the boxes with the monthly like cards. It'll say, you know, January, February, March, and a habit tracking system too, but Beautiful. he'll take his cards on Sunday and he'll review his week. And that's a really, really nice practice for him. Are you ready to talk about that habit tracking system? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's a very traditional um, month. It's a monthly habit tracker. So you can track up to, I think, 11 habits and which sounds like a crazy amount of habits, but I'm really uh, into buckets of life, uh, energy, work, and love. So energy is like your fitness wellness habits, um, which could be like drinking glasses of water to, you know, what are you doing in your work habits to, and then love is like family relationship. So if you have those buckets, you might have two or three habits that you're working on, uh, per bucket. Uh, mm -hmm. and it's just a good way to say, Hey, I'm going to do this, this many times this month. Um, and you're just, there's something so lovely about checking the box when you do it <laughs> and yeah, then, yeah. and then hitting the goal at the end of the month. And it holds yourself accountable because you want to meet the goal. Like today it's, you know, uh, tomorrow's basically the last working day of the month. And this week I knew how many things I needed to get done this week to make my month goal of habits. Um, and I was hustling all week to make sure that come Friday afternoon, I know I hit all my habits for the you know month. So when you do that, Brian and Jesse jump in too, when you've reached all your goals, do you believe you recommend to our friends, you give yourself a reward uh, to talk about when you reach your goals, then what? Well, I think that's the power of celebration. You know, the, the like at the night when you're writing your three wins, like there is so much power for celebration. So yes, I think you, you do celebrate in some, in some type of way. Uh, because I, I think we don't celebrate enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're just like, yeah, I'm a, you know, you reach your goal and you're like, yep, okay, on to the next thing. You don't take that moment pause of, you know, giving yourself that pat on the back and right. that attaboy that we all deserve yeah. Yeah. before we just yeah. move on to the next goal, the next accomplishment. Yeah. You, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, and I, I want to ask both of you to dig into it as young parents. I see this as a tool that a whole family can engage in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and I, I if I'm not mistaken, I might see you smiling, Jess. So yeah. talk, talk about that. <laughs> we used to have a practice with our kiddos and we still do this sometimes, but where we would do at night, like a family meditation and we would go around and say like the best part of your day. Mm -hmm. And I loved like hearing the kiddos like explain you know, what went like, what went well, it's that celebration piece once again, but, um, right before bed, I see this for students. I want this for students so badly because yes. I mean, I was yes. a middle school teacher, so I'm teaching them organization. And I always used to do smart goals with them and goal setting, but they could use this as like a, like a homework, you know, scheduler. And something that Bri does is he puts five cards out for Monday through, through Friday, on Sunday night. And he'll write, like, he'll do that time management piece of like, I obviously can't get done my 
book report, right? In one night. So I'm going to work on it for an hour here. And he puts mm. it on at six o'clock for Monday, an hour here, six o'clock for Wednesday. And he divides his time up. So it's like a really nice way. And those cards live on their nightstand. So when they pull it up, you know what I mean? Like they're like, it's a scheduling system that I think could really help kids with organization and learning how to, you know, set goals and meet goals and, and from a teacher standpoint, guiding them in that goal setting process with the cards. So for all of our teacher friends out there and our counselor friends out there who are guiding children yeah. socially and emotionally through this work, the three by five cards would be a, a wonderful asset. I know that last summer, both of you were so kind to donate cards to our social emotional learning ambassadors retreat. Mm -hmm. And we had about 60 students from three different school districts and educators as well. And, and Brian Aikens led them through that process. I had a chance to visit one of those school systems last week and a significant number of those young adults are still using the cards. Oh, cool. that's so awesome. That's awesome. So, 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 so thank you to both of you. Uh, you are enhancing the lives of adults, but also children on a regular basis with the three by five life. Thank you for that very right. much. Very no much. I love that feedback so much. That's why we do it. I want to go back to accountability and, and I, and, and if you can speak more to the connection, uh, because I don't, I'm not sure if folks often think about this, the connection between accountability and self-care. I mean, I think accountability is everything for self-care. Uh, I mean, you can't have self-care if, or you're going to achieve the best self-care if you either have an accountability partner or you're holding yourself accountable. You know, like if I tell myself at the beginning of the week, like I'm going to hit, you know, I'm going to run 50 miles this week, or I'm going to hit five workouts this week. And I write that down and I, I don't like lying to myself. Mm. So like holding myself accountable. Um, uh, but when it comes to, you know, that's why they have meditate on all the meditation apps, they have streaks, you know, they're trying to pr promote, you know, the self-care of, you know, meditating and keeping that streak going to keeping it alive. Uh, so I think any type of little accountability hack that can keep you on pace with any self-care, be it diet, whatnot, is going to be uh, uh, amazing. And I think it's important to mention too, that some people have really great intrinsic motivation and accountability. Mm -hmm. yep. Like Brian mm -hmm. is so good at that. Um, where I, and I think a lot of people really like like the group setting and like outward mm -hmm. accountability. Yep. Like, you know, when I get on my Peloton bike or my bike or whatever, I have a girlfriend who texts me in the morning. It's like, let's hop on at 6 a.m. And, and even if I don't feel like doing it because I know she's going to be doing it too, I'm like, all right, let's do it. Right. So yep. I encourage people to find if they don't have that intrinsic motivation or, or it's like, it's not motivation. It's just that accountability to yourself. Mm -hmm find a buddy or find somebody who's also, and that's why when you can do this with like a team or your colleagues or from a school system, if all the teachers are kind of doing this and they can use that, that, you know, process of, of relying on each other. I mm -hmm. think that that is so powerful. I mean, I see it in my grad classes, literally in the feedback they wrote, I'm so grateful for this course because I would have never tried these things. And, you know, because you were giving us feedback every week, I felt like I needed to like truly do yes. it. Um, and then they said, I want this class, like a couple of them were like, I wish this class could continue for the rest of the school year, <laughs> because it is just that idea of like, you're doing it, you know, for, for, and with some, something else and other people. And I think it makes all the difference in the world. So the idea of an accountability partner mm -hmm. is really what you're speaking to here. And yes, 
I, I hope our friends understand this class can continue the rest of the school year. Right. That's but it's not it's not for Jesse or Brian to lead them on. Now that you have this information, our accountability, our responsibility is to mm -hmm. share it with other people. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mr. Mike, special yeah. education teacher, talk to us about that special education perspective <laughs> with a three by five life. I find it really difficult to fill a need with students for, for this type of mindfulness and routine and structure, building these habits. If the, the, the leader in the classroom, typically the teacher, doesn't have those skills solidified yet. And there's definitely like a little bit of like imposter syndrome that comes along with that. Mm. So it actually kind of leads me into a question I was going to ask where like to stereotype myself, I'm the person who uh, like knows that I have a need I need to fill and sees something like this as an amazing way to do that. But implementing can be very difficult. Kind of like, oh, I really need to get to work. So what am I going to do? I'm going to buy like a helicopter. Like, would that fill the need in a really cool way? Yeah, but I don't know how to fly a helicopter. <laughs> so before I even think about like, oh, how could I implement this with my kids? Like, I'm, I'm not good at it. So like, I have the three by five cards. I try, you know, we talked about Brian already. Every time I see him post on like Facebook, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm doing it. And I'll go and I'll fill out my cards. I'm ready to go. And it's just something about it that like can't stick for me. And I think to myself, well, how could I possibly get like the, the kids in my classroom to, to stick with this and build these habits if I can't even manage to do it? I call it successfully, but like just like with routine and like, like just, you know, re re like repetition and repeat over and over again. Like it's just like I can't get it to stick. And yeah. like, how could I expect kids to do that if I can't manage it? Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of a story of Gandhi where this mom came and she waited in line for hours with her kid and she finally gets to Gandhi and he, she's like, my son is addicted to sugar. He's eating sugar all the time. And what can I do to stop him to eat sugar? And she sends him away. She, he says, come back in two weeks and talk to me. And he comes, the kid, she comes back, waits in line for hours. And then she finally gets to Gandhi and Gandhi's like, stop eating sugar. She's like, you could have told me that two weeks ago. And he's like, but I was eating sugar then. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that. I don't know. Like that, it just reminded me of that story. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for it. I mean, something that we're trying to do right now, because again, like marrying kind of our expertise, because we talk about this is we are trying to create a course for three by five life. Um, the idea behind it would be have, like we would have cohorts. This is still mm -hmm. in the brainstorming stages and we, they would start at the first of every month. And like, if it was eight people or whatever, first we were going to do like these like recorded ones. And I said to Brian, like, I need to interact with these people. Like I need to be a health coach for them. I need to say, this is a need because they ask me questions all the time. What do I do for this? I'm hitting this barrier here and I want to be that support person for them. And I think me, like having the accountability at first where I'm walking them through how to use the cards and checking that they're using the cards. Let's say it's a month long course. That's four weeks that they're daily accountability. So, you know, habits, they say stick after 21 days is usually like the magic number. I don't know if that's the magic number, but I want to get people over that hump, right? That hump of like creating the habit so that it's instilled. And then I can be like, and here you go, right? Like now you got it. But mm -hmm. um, I think, well, I think like put the cards aside. If you're trying to teach the kids like gratitude or whatnot, um, kind of like we were talking about earlier, like habit stacking, you know, every time you go and 
every morning you turn on your car or when you put your car in park at school and you're taking your keys out, right? When you take your keys out, take a deep breath and like list three things in your head that you're grateful for that day before you walk in and meet your students. It doesn't matter that you didn't write it down. It doesn't matter that you're not using these cards or some special journal. Um, then you're doing it every day, you know, and it takes literally three seconds uh, and then you're not an imposter anymore. Um, <laughs> the habit stacking is, um, atomic habits. James clear atomic habits talks about the habit stacking thing where you like take a very simple habit, something that you like do brush every single day, like brushing your teeth. Like after I brush my teeth, I will take three deep breaths or, yeah. you know, after I get in my car, you know, I'll like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's like things that you're doing automatically, you stack a habit against it. So for you, like, what's the first thing you do in the morning? First thing. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say it. I okay. probably look at my phone. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's what most people yeah. do. But maybe while you're brushing your teeth, do you, you know? Yeah. I mean, like after that or. Yeah. You know, so I, a good example would probably be like, I, I always walk my dog in the morning. Like it's mm-hmm. something that always happens before I leave. Yeah. Um, so that seems like a good environment to make one of those things happen. Mm-hmm. And just from what you're saying about the stacking and kind of getting away from the cards, it, it, it leads to my follow-up question, which is if, if you were to choose one component of the three by five life that you would think would be most beneficial for kids to learn, whether like by itself or just like as the first of many, what, what habit would you, would you suggest that they start with? You know, cause it ties two things, right? So, I mean, from a middle school teacher, I immediately think that it's so important to teach kids about tasks and like, and schedules, right? Like time management. When you look at stress and overwhelm, 99% of it comes from us thinking that we don't have enough time in the day because we don't prioritize things in a way that makes it so that we feel less, less stress. Um, and so how do you help kids like work smarter, you know, and not harder when they're, they're trying to get their things accomplished because right now I also think gratitude will help with stress reduction, but if I could pick gratitude or time management being a bigger stressor for most kids, and I'm talking like middle school up, I mean, little ones still like it it could be beneficial, but Mm -hmm. middle school up, I think the time management component is, is so important because they are inundated with distractions all day long. So when they go home and they can't get their, their homework done and they're feeling overwhelmed from that, making them think about how, how long are you on your phone, right? Like, are you spending hours on Facebook or they don't do Facebook? That's not cool. Instagram or whatever they do, right? (laughs) Like, well, and I, what I would say here too is, and this, this is your guys' space. This is not my space. Uh, but just reflecting back on when I was a middle schooler or high schooler, I don't think I would truly get gratitude at that time. Mm. I think you take a lot of that for granted and they might say like, oh, I'm grateful for this or that. But does that truly resonate with them? But I think they would understand wins. Mm-hmm. I think they would understand celebration. And I think at that age, you really need mm. to start flexing that self-love muscle. Mm-hmm. So teaching kids to like, write down three wins at night, like three good things that happened that day, they can do that and they can feel good about themselves. And I think that self-love at that age is important compared to being like, I'm grateful for my bike or my car or my iPhone. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know that that's the direction I would go. Yeah. I mean, that's from you, like, Brian, I'm sure you're not like, you know, with like confidence or whatever, when you are, you know, like we've talked about like in high school and stuff Mm -hmm. and like junior high and like, like as a, 
you felt like that lack of confidence or yeah, that idea sure. of like whatever. And I think it's hard. Like when we're kids, life seems heavy. Like it is yeah. heavy. And, you know, I was just out with a girlfriend the other day and we went to elementary and high school together. We were laughing because think about high school. Didn't high school seem like it was the longest period of your life? Like you were in high school for like ever. Right. But it was four years. Like, so it's like, think about, about all of that heaviness and drama and boyfriends and girlfriends at the end that like it is a lot packed into a really really small time period Mm -hmm. and so how do we help them yeah like I love that idea celebrate what's going well for them and Mm -hmm. and going to bed with that piece of like wow like even though this 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 and happened this also happened it was really awesome and I feel really good about it yeah yeah and I want to and I want to quickly go back to Mike walking a dog um so for one week I want Mike to walk the dog without his phone. Oh, yes, yes, yes. For one week. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Follow I me on social it. media to see my progress. <laughs> <laughs> there won't be any because I won't have my phone. That's right. <laughs> so I, I want to go back to a couple of things. One, Jesse, Brian, develop the course. We'll be happy to run it. Oh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. We have a vehicle already. Let's use it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like we it. have an audience that wants it. So let's do that. No, that would be, yeah, that would and be And then, then uh, something that Brian said, getting back to Mike and his students. Um, so my experience, none of us are Gandhi. Although he is one of my great heroes. And my experience is, Mike, you don't have to have it all together to offer your students. So one of the things that I know in my authenticity, part of my integrity is I I always tell my students, even now they're all adults, I'm working on this too. And and what I find happens, that invites people in. That vulnerability, that that transparency invites people to say, oh, okay, he's real. He's working on this. So let me jump in as well. So I would invite you to, to share openly with your students that I don't have this three by five life down perfectly, but I'm working on it. Yeah. I wonder if I you love could, that. I love that too. And I wonder if you could even incorporate it, like that you do it with the class. So like you get ah. to school and the first thing you do is everybody takes a moment and thinks about something that they're grateful for that happened in the morning. Right. Like, and then you're starting your class with that positivity. Like, so you're getting them in that. And then at the end of the day, celebrate something that went well today. Maybe it's a person that touched them. Maybe it's something that like happened that they were really proud of, or, you know, so it's, it's based in the school day, but that will help with you with the habit because you're accountable to your students. Right. And then having them like write in, well, what's something like that you have to schedule in, you know, maybe it's for the next day or something. Right. So like you're using the card in real time with the class and then just see like what parts stick. And you can, if, if something's not working specifically for that group of kiddos, then, you know, maybe there's not, it's not, you don't need the, the schedule. Maybe the to-do list is enough, mm-hmm. right. With homework or big things that they have to get done or projects or something, but then you're teaching them the habit, which will be more powerful than handing them the cards and being like, now here's the system, figure it out. You know, Jesse, I love that. I think it will help with motivation. It'll help possibly with behavior and even academic performance. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So now you've got two jobs, Mike. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Even with homework. <laughs> yeah, and edit this podcast too. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'll put yes. it on the card. Oh, gosh. I'll put it on the card. Jesse, Brian, 
Mike, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you all. Thanks for being part of this with us. Yes, thanks thank for, having, for us having us on. Us always. Always a pleasure thanks, to talk to you, Tom. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, friends. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right, Bye. see you. Take care. Have a good night. Bye. <laughs>